This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host. We should rename this show Feast of Famine because this is the Villa Way, is it not? This it week, seems to be, mate. <laughs> this week, nine points oh, in, in a week. In seven no- days. Normally it's nil point, well, for a lot of these shows. Uh, joining me to discuss the feast, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome Hello. Hello, how are you? How's your nosebleed up in these heady heights of sixth? Not too bad. I only got back from the game at half one in the morning, so uh, I think it's the second time I've done that on this winning run. Yeah, the sun was out, Villa were winning. Why the hell not, eh? Yeah. So I have a habit of any place I'm in, I, know, I tend to close it, so uh, <laughs> I need to show a bit more restraint in the future. <laughs> Nah. But uh, yeah, shout out to Kurt from New York and Ross, who I met in New York over a year ago when I was at a Villa Liverpool game. We were watching it at the bar there, Legends, New York's football bar that uh, expats all go to and locals who were getting their Premier League fix. So uh, we had a good night out after the Forest game. He was uh, over for that. Always makes, uh, seems to be an annual... Uh, pilgrimage to the UK to just go to like three or so games. I mean, last year went to Huddersfield and because he had booking history of Huddersfield, I managed to get myself and five or six Forest fans into Wembley for that playoff final. (laughs) This time though, he's upgraded. He went to see Millwall the day before Villa, went to the Den. What a good Friday. Then the Villa and then went to Anfield for Liverpool Arsenal. Good game that was. So a good trip there and hopefully a safe flight back. Right. How are you, gentlemen? Anyway, what did you I'm get very up well. to? Busy Easter weekend of gigs, bit of footy, but all good. Bud's life's the same every week, isn't it? Where's <laughs> well, the transcendence? I'm going, I'm going away next week, though. Where's the transcendence? <laughs> where, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm off to Parma. Ooh. Which is a nice place. Yeah, I've spent a couple of summers there working away. Yeah, it's a nice I know place. all the ins and outs of the, that place. Mm-hmm. Phil Shaw, all good on the uh, Northern Front? 
Yes, so all good in the hood, as, as I would say. <laughs> it's, it's turning into the hood, it's isn't it? Speed, it's, it's isn't it? very much <laughs> so. Um, no, spent the last few days trying to limit the, the chocolate egg intake of the, of the sun. He just <laughs> he doesn't go for the Easter egg hunt anymore. He just goes, nope, give me the egg. Just I'm not hunting, just give me them. Sounds like the Ukraine's going to get a bit of competition for uh, headlines from Taiwan and uh, Monaco, the UK. Hmm. Mm. Oh, we've, we've, we've experienced these things that just sort of brush over us. It's never as bad as it looks. It's a bit weird nowadays because obviously everything's heightened headlines. So there's a re- there is a bit of a disparity between reality because everything's going to be uh, on steroids just to uh, get the clicks. Anyway, let's have some news of a more somber kind. Should we talk about Metallica? The band Metallica claiming Earl Grey Tea fueled their new album. Which is a difference compared to uh, their album Master of Puppets, which, what was it that uh, inspired that? They, they had it on the it's album kind of sleeve, Carl's didn't they? Carlsberg Lager, Absolute Vodka and Alka-Salsa all got album credits. Yeah, times have changed in the world of Metallica. It's everything post some kind of monster <laughs> in it. Yeah, I remember doing an interview with the director of some kind of monster, which uh, it's a cracking documentary. It's like Spinal Tap, but in real form. It's you, just brilliant watching them completely melt down. Even if you're not a fan of Metallica, it's worth tracking down that documentary because it is, uh, it's a modern day classic. Right. Should we talk more about that or the villain news? <laughs> Reluctantly, the villain news yeah. on this occasion. Right. Let's have some villain news. Yeah, there was no Earl Grey tea involved in my Saturday night after that win. <laughs> I'll let me tell you. All right, a bit of clarity, first of all, on uh, the injury situation. It seems that the three main absences, Kamara, Cash and Coutinho, are on the same kind of timeline of 10 to 14 days, is what Emery said. When I say three main, obviously there's a new addition with uh, Leon Bailey with a hamstring. We will know, obviously, more about that and the severity of that this week. Bit of a blow. Luckily, we've got Traore back. Traore with end product back. Yeah, I think Emery would, wouldn't mind Cash back uh, yeah. if Bailey's going to be out, just so then you can play that, that mm. double right-back scenario that he likes. If you know, For example, if yeah. a 1-0 up against Liverpool or Man United or whatever away, from home then yeah that that change would be open to him yeah but actually young can't wait for cash to be back either some yeah. guys getting put in those legs he'd have been on the ice baths after the three games in seven days and he basically <laughs> played all the minutes didn't he as well <laughs> well uh good luck to him uh, he's doing a good job actually defensively he did well against forest but more of that later on villa announced uh, another strategic partnership with Egyptian club ZFC. Nasef Suarez said, I'm very proud to be part of the announcement for a three-way collaboration between Zed's Academy, Victoria Sport Club and Aston Villa. Very much... uh, Speaking to Johan Lang about this, I think I mentioned it in the previous show, that the, the Victoria hookup isn't like it's Villa's feeder club. This is a team with a passionate fan base themselves and a, a lot of self-respect not to be looking at Villa as anything superior. And obviously they're pushing for Champions League. So it's kind of a meeting of equals. And these kind of strategic partnerships, it seems predominantly are to kind of get around visa issues and uh, working visas you know for example south american players can go via victoria and and portugal and get to villa easier than being you know in terms of visas than direct so 
strategic is the key word in these partnerships. And obviously you've got flexibility of players, you know, being younger players especially in terms of loaning out, etc. Meanwhile, news that Aston Villa will be popping up in the USA during the summer to take part in the summer series, which will feature games between English clubs. Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Newcastle muted at the moment. It's looking like these games will be on the east side in late July. So DC, NC, this is kind of just breaking news. The uh, details haven't really been fleshed out, but uh, I'm sure if it's not out in the media soon, then certainly in the next Villa phone advisory board meeting, we should get fuller details later this month. So uh, look out for that, especially if you're stateside. The week has been all about games rather than any other news. I mean, the main other thing is England beat Brazil in the women's finalissima. There was three Villa women's players in the squad so Hannah Hampton Nobbs and Rachel Daly Rachel Daly came on uh, she started off on the bench and was involved in the penalty shootout as England triumphed after a 1-1 draw Brazil equalized uh, in injury time so that will give them uh, a boost going into the uh, World Cup which seems to be very much the focus they even looked at the penalties here as, as a good dress rehearsal for uh, any penalty shootout in the World Cup so Villa, Villa playing a part in this uh, England women's team, more so than we're doing uh, for the men's team, but hopefully yeah, uh, Ollie so. Watkins and Mings will get back in the mix because you can ignore the fact that Villa are on another level now and Gareth Southgate was at the game against Forrest, sitting a few seats away from uh, Prince William and uh, George, who visited. There's some other Villa news. You can't keep him away nowadays, old Prince well, William. Of course not. We're box office. <laughs> I'm sure he was offered to be king, but he said, can we just put that on the back burner? Uh, after Charles said, oh, look, son, I'll step down. You just, just cut to the chase. You be king. And he's like, no, I've kind of got a good feeling about Emery. Uh, can we uh, keep me in a more casual role and so I can watch the villa? You get on with being yes. king. Sorry, Dad, I've got a Thursday night trip to Albania to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be doing any kind of Commonwealth trips. I've got to get... I've Hashtag got to, lads on tour. <laughs> got to be off to uh, Albania in the uh, Europa Conference League. Before we go on, I just want to uh, give a shout out to the sponsors of the show, NordVPN. If you want to protect your privacy and security online and also when you're streaming then NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there I've been using it for three years now and took advantage of a kind of a similar offer to uh, the exclusive offer they've given uh, My Old Man Said where you get over 60% off plus four extra months free so with NordVPN you, you can use it on six devices so you can actually share it amongst family and, and friends really if you want to split the costs but it works out a price of uh, a coffee a month but the potential of what you can use it for, and I do suggest going for a long-term deal on a VPN because, as you know, me and Phil have done, you pay for it up front and then forget yeah. about it. In my experience, one of the most vital subscriptions because ultimately it allows you to save and also helps you, you know, when booking travel because your IP address is disguised or changed, you can take advantage of beating various flight companies and train companies that kind of track your cookies and your search and the next time you visit 
looking for the same trip, they up the price automatically. It's like a Swiss army knife to help privacy on your online activity and also your access as well. If you're in the market for a VPN or you want more details on what it actually does, uh, please do go to www.nordvpn.com stroke moms, M-O-M-S, and Nord is N-O-R-D. And I'll put the link in the show note description as well. Thank you very much. Right, three points. UEFA form an advisory board to tackle issues around laws of the game, refereeing in the football calendar. Surely this is what they should be doing anyway, isn't that? Isn't this their job? Yes, it should be what they're doing, but they're they're bringing out the big guns. I mean, there's about 20 ex-pros and coaches, current coaches. They said elite coaches, but then they went to mention Gareth Southgate, so it just cut Ooh. the elite out. Like Southgate, Mourinho, Rio Ferdinand, Zinedine Zidane are among the names that dropped. So what's this going to do? And why And why Rio Ferdinand? Uh, well, that's God's another one. Sake. It seems to be, it's probably best described as like a pressure group, isn't it? Because they won't be making any rules. They'll be lobbying, I would say, and they'll be coming up with conclusions and then they'll be putting out the IFAB who do make the rules. So are they working for UEFA or alongside UEFA? I think it'll be a lo- it's sort of alongside UEFA. They're UEFA are going. They're only going to meet once a year, so I can't see them getting a, a lot of work done with a one an annual meeting. And their inaugural meeting will take place to UEFA's headquarters in Switzerland next week. Meanwhile, point number two: PGMOL, the infamous institution that can't seem to get anything right, has apologised again. This time to our Europa League challenging friends, Brighton. Their chief refereeing official, uh, Howard Webb, formerly of Manchester United, has made <laughs> contact with Brighton to apologise for the official's failure to award the Seagulls a penalty in their 2-1 defeats uh, against Spurs. Apparently it was for the trip on Matoma, but it could have been for two disallowed goals and a handball against Spurs. I didn't actually see that game. What what happened? Was it blatantly... Um, I saw reaction. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad day at the... the well bordering on corrupt i'm sure that the brighton fans will think first of all they had a there was a spurs handball then matoma chested one down a bit like the buendia they tucked it away but it was ruled a handball then welbeck had a shot that hit alexis McAllister in the hip and went into the net and they ruled that was a, a handball against McAllister. and then there's the the trip which so they're, they're just taking the last one i mean they could have apologized for any of the mistakes they made I mean, it's getting be the human error of this whole thing. It, the application is is getting beyond a joke. And the scariest thing is, it it just shows you what went on before uh, there was any video attention, any VAR. It would have just been made up as you go along. So uh, while football fans have always said there's a bias to the top six, and most people just like, oh yeah, well you're bound to say that, aren't you? The reason why they're saying it is because it's actually true. If you're a Brighton fan, you'll certainly uh, back up that after how favourable the referees and officials were to Spurs in that game. Point number three, seems that match officials are going down swinging now, are they not? Or elbowing in the case of uh, the Liverpool-Arsenal match with uh, Konstantin Hatzig. Is he Greek by any chance? There's a name. (laughs) Hatzidakis, who's uh, built. It's kind of quite buff for a for a linesman or a, yeah. an official, and uh, elbowed Andy Robertson in the face after he was probably bad mouthing him. There'll obviously be ramifications for that, and that'll spin off into the week. Also, in meanwhile in Mexico, Mexico's uh, football federation has launched an investigation after 
footage emerged of a referee appearing to knee a player in the groin during America's <laughs> Liga yeah. MX match against Leon. You need to track the footage down because it's not it's not just the actual act of knee on the groin, it's the face the referee makes. It's like, yeah, have it. That's, that's <laughs> all you can describe it as. <laughs> Television footage showed referee Fernando Hernandez kneeing Leon's Lucas Romario as the midfielder and his teammates angrily demanded a VAR review after America scored an equaliser. It happened to me once in the playground. I remember I booted somebody's ball by kind of by mistake outside some tennis courts when I was at school. And I, suddenly there was, I was surrounded by about eight people, like eight kids. I mean, I was obviously a kid at that time. And they're all harassing me. And 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 it just kept on going and kept on going. So uh, my knee ended up in somebody's groin, and they dropped like a sack of potatoes. And all all these people started crying. And uh, next thing I know, I'm uh, being told this guy's gone off to hospital. And the headmaster's telling me, "Give me one good reason why you shouldn't walk out of those gates now." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> just like it all happened in a whirlwind. I thought, you know, oh, sorry, I just sliced your ball out of the tennis court. Sorry, my bad. And then harassment. Anyway, digressing, digressing. But I, I, it's complete symp- I have complete sympathy with referee Fernando Hernandez. These things, ha- shit happens. <laughs> right, on to the game. Oh, it might not actually take long, this one, because uh, not a lot happens. Bar, so on to the first half. Bar two glo- now on to the second half. <laughs> bar two glorious uh, Aston Villa goals. Right, uh, same team as... The midweek glorious victory at the King Power. You wouldn't really make any changes, but you, you, I don't think that we don't have the squad really to freshen things up. We can't rotate. I mean, I thought no. he might have tried to. He probably would have if he could have, but you wouldn't necessarily trust with the winning run we've been on. You think just just go with it, and if you need to make changes in game, do it. Yeah, I mean, I think if Cash was fit, he may may have started just to relieve old thirty-seven years old Young's legs three games in uh, a week. And I think if the game had been wrapped up earlier, you'd have probably seen people like probably Diego Carlos get a bit of a run out. Um, yeah. I think you'd have probably seen Duran get a run out. But it, we're, we're not know, at the level the yet we that found we, ourselves in now. We're, yeah. we're not on sentiment yet. It's like we've got there's a job to do here. Yeah, and we're not blitzing teams at the moment, so uh, no. it's all about just winning the game as is. It's hard to manage, uh, even though there's seven games in a month. It's hard to manage that. Uh, when the emphasis is getting the points and at the business end of the season, there's no real easy games, is there? No. no. Uh, Prince William was there, as we uh, said. More of that uh, later. But I thought it it started off, it was that different atmosphere that I haven't felt or smelt uh, for a long time. And it's the atmosphere when you're challenging for something and there's something at stake. And, and I'm not talking, you know, lower leagues or whatever, because a team like Villa know where ultimately they should be. And, you know, we were slumming it. But here you felt there's the extra thing like, well, this is where we, you know, where we used to be regularly. And now we're in April and we're actually playing for something. And there's something online. We need points now. So it's that feeling that I haven't had for a long time where you go into a game where you need, there's an extra pressure on you need those three points. And, you know, we used to have it when we we're chasing for titles or, you know, trying to get into Europe. Extra tension, extra pressure. Yeah, the last the last time we've been in this position would be under Martin O'Neill. Yeah. Where you're sort of in and around the top six at the business end of the season. You know, it's all very good and well being, you know, like under Smith where we were second in the league after four games. It doesn't really count. Yeah, but it's when not you're the same, the, yeah. 
the business end now, this is like opportunity knocks. And it's different in the championship where there's a certain amount of pressure to like, well, you've got to get the job done here because there's certain, you know, other pressures sort of off the field that mean you have to get this done. This is like, this is a big opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I'd even say that, like the the O'Neill years, you'd say there was a you have to get this done as well because at the time there there was the outlay from Lerner and there was just like mm-hmm. murmurs that you you needed to keep it going because City were coming in and poaching your best player every season, so you had to you had to do it, and in the end it didn't. But I think in the O'Neill years we were like in a in the position we wanted to be around uh, let's say January, especially one season when we we're, we're a good few points above Arsenal. But then we then we would always mm. fade. I mean, you know. O'Neill in March <laughs> was terrible. So we didn't really have that. The chase was never on because also our mentality, you've got to remember, it's a completely different mentality because finishing sixth for us back then, I mean, we in a 12-year period, we finished sixth six times. We were bored of it. We wanted something more. And so when you finish, you know, when you got a couple of games left in your sixth and, you know, you might finish seventh or you might finish fifth, it wasn't the same as like the feeling I'm getting now is like when we were chasing uh, against Manchester United and Liverpool for the titles, where you home and away, you just, there was that extra tension. We've got to win today. We've got to win today to keep in it, to keep in it. And we're kind mm. of in this time. And then this isn't like a, a two horse, three horse race. This is like a, it's like a WWE what do they call them? When everybody's in the ring, and it's like Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's like a Royal yeah, Rumble. Rumble. As in terms of the European places, there's you know five or six teams all in for the Rumble. So uh, it's kind of interesting in that respect. So that you know the crowd. I thought at the start, lots of players' songs, individual player songs. That Christian Persley Lamborghini song was done quite a lot. Sun was shining, all good. But I think Forest did well in terms of their plan because when it came to us playing, and this is what's been interesting to see how teams react to how Emery wants to play and Forrest were kind of letting us have the ball they weren't like doing anything over top in terms of an aggressive press but they were cutting the space down and uh, cutting off the passing lanes yep. and you know Mings had the ball 96 touches which is a few over what you normally have but that was because it's going back to him because it's like oh shit there's nowhere to go I'll pass it back to Mings Mings passes it back to Konza has a look around yeah passes it back to Mings there was quite a lot of that and that was credit to Forrest for kind of cutting down let's say the mid you know the midfield but while they were doing that they weren't actually doing anything themselves you know they were squeezing the space in terms of what we could do they didn't really have any focus on what they were doing and I think ultimately they relied on their only threats really was when you know we, we gave them eight corners I mean a lot of that was filler I think it's a in the plus column of Villa being confident enough now they can defend corners after defending like 13 against, away against West Ham, but also safety first. So sometimes yeah. a Villa player could do something with it, but he would rather slide and put it out for a corner rather than uh, take any risks, which maybe they've been a bit more risk-prone before. So you saw a progression, but also you saw a Forest team lacking with ambition and you, and you just felt, well, I've, we, we just got to sit this one out and see, see where it goes and wait for us, basically wait for Villa to score because they will do at yep. some point. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, they played um, They played two tens, didn't they? They basically sat two number tens on top of Louise and McGinn. Yeah. Completely flooded the midfield. So the out ball was basically Moreno, which, I mean, he's a very good out ball, and Young on the other side. The wingers were kind of sort of negated a little bit. We, you know, we try and play through the phases. We couldn't do that. So it made for a really dreadful first half of football let's be honest yeah and um, um, Forrest probably had the best chance obviously the flag went up Martinez makes a good save Villa didn't sort of do a lot it was kind of it felt like a, a real end of season game to be honest it felt like Forrest didn't have sort of much conviction I don't know was really yeah, and a sort of yeah. intention of actually going and trying to win the game. But the, the other thing that made it a little bit frustrating is when we had that out ball of, with Moreno then you would saw Buendia trying things and it just wasn't yes. coming off. His final ball just wasn't coming off. And you, you were looking at these are two players that they could be deadly as a combo and really frustrate mm-hmm. teams and really, uh, you know, take the piss. Uh, but it just went on the same frequency. Uh, and I don't know, hopefully that's something that they will build because Buendia, in terms of his final ball, had a real off day. I thought I thought he was kind of bang, frustrated. bang average, wasn't he, in terms of uh, mm-hmm. his, Im- by his own, impact. By his own standards. I yeah. thought Moreno did well, though. Yeah. I was Especially surprised. In the half. Yeah, I was surprised at at first how you, you don't want to be disrespectful, but I would the word that I would use to describe them like, relegated oh, it was, just, it was like it was like clumsy. That was that was the word. I mean, they put in a few tackles that should have been yellows, and the referee didn't give them. It might have sort of like made them stand off a bit more. But they got on with it. Shelby had one. Toffolo had one as well. But even in their build up play and everything else, it was if the, if Forrest were going to score, it was going to be clumsiness where a miskicked shot turned into a perfect cross or something like that. There was a few of those where the, the, the tried to cross it and the, the nearly got in at times. But yeah, they were they were putting a man on Martinez on corners and trying to rough us up a bit and you know, it's not really the Forest way, they were just trying to be functional and uh, we were thinking about it in terms of their threats when we were doing something for the weekend and the best I could come up with was like, you know, maybe Johnson on a counter because he's, he's pretty nifty but they never really had a sniff in terms of that. No, I think his game was summed up by when he was running towards the ball and slid and just wiped out Mings from the ball yeah. nowhere near either of them. Mm. Yeah, when it got a bit frustrating watching, in terms of us playing out the back, when I say frustrated, I think the, the crowd were cool with it. They were, yeah, very much so. I was actually going to comment on that. It was noticeable that the fans, they really, the last few games, and especially Forrest, they were really like, well, we know what we're doing now. You can't fault what's been going on the last few weeks. So they were They've very relaxed. The patience of the crowd. Yeah. But the thing is, Ming, you know, when the ball would come back to Mings after, you know, nobody else could see a way out, Mings would then, in a casual manner, try to replicate Franz Beckenbauer and do like outside of the foot passes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't, didn't come off, did they? Would have been cool no. if they did. But I was thinking a bit there, like, maybe we've been a bit casual here we should be a bit more ruthless here 
But, you know, credit to Forrest, they were spoiling the game quite successfully. And even just taking all the pace out, you know, when they'd get a throw in, they'd take their time. Obviously, we had the injury for Bailey, wasn't it? They had an injury as well. So there were a lot of stoppages. It was just a real stodgy game. And it kind of summed up that the highlight of the whole of the first half period was probably the prize where it lies, landing yeah. for once with a belter of an effort. Well done to that lad. But the, the actual football on show was was pretty desperate, to be honest. First winner of prize where it lies for, for, for literally months. But even when he wins, he loses because he gets a lifetime supply of monster energy drink. <laughs> oh, dreadful. <laughs> He's going to be in hospital from a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> or bowel rot. Yeah, it's... Uh, Vlog it, mate. Just get the cash. What do you call it? Not it's the opposite of uh, silver lining. Shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> and on to the second half we go. <laughs> and, uh, I do quite like uh, the first person. Uh, it's a young person. I, I, that was a woman who just yeah. slipped, didn't she? She barely got it past the eighteen yards. She line. just slipped, and it kind of went off for like a throw in. And it's one of those where you where you think they're going to say. Oh, go on, love. Have another go, but not not the villa. Just no. Sorry, you <laughs> fucked up. That's going to sky you for the rest of your life. We don't care. You wasted your pride rewards. Shame on you. You shamed your family. Now get out. <laughs> it's quite. I quite like the ruthlessness of that. But we weren't frustrated. Like we're not going to score here. It was just a case that we have to be patient, and we didn't actually have to wait long because BT popped up again. Second goal in a couple of games, and John Joe with a wonderful assist, wasn't it, in the six yard box? Yeah. And uh, yeah. archetypal trademark passing it into the net from Troy. Oh, it's a lovely finish. I love it. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't hit it. He don't give it the laces. He does he? Doesn't hit it one percent over what it needs to cross the line. It's <laughs> 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 very efficient. That's what I like about him. He should also double up as uh, winger and uh, Villa's head of sustainability and efficiency. They should put him on prize where it lies. He'd just land it perfectly in the middle, perfectly weighted. But uh, that was a tonic. It was a relief, and you thought we're not we're not losing this game. There's no, no. way, and, and we'll be stupid to. Yeah. Come away with a draw, but you, you knew you weren't going to lose at that stage. You were hoping we'd, you know, we'd sort of finish the game quickly. But you're normally it's that sort of chicken and egg thing where you're like, "A forest can have a go here," and even you know, you get to the last ten minutes, they've made some changes, and you're like, yeah. "No, they're they're still not opening up." They're, it's almost like a friend of mine had said himself, who was in the away end, and he was like, "We played." This is obviously Forest. We set up that if we opened up, Villa would have just battered us, and I kind of agreed with him, actually, I thought, because Villa had a few moments where as soon as Forrest's press just went off a little bit, McGinn slipped a couple of good balls through, Buendia got on the ball, Moreno had a couple of darting runs, who I thought it was excellent in the second half, and he thought, actually, if, if Forrest had ever, at any point tried to go for it, Villa would have just battered them. So I see why they played like that, but what's the point when your goal difference is already the worst in the league? Yeah, you might as well lay down for lay your down lay down for your Midlands brothers and let them improve their goal difference. <laughs> By the way, Troy did come on for Bailey, who went off with a hamstring mm. earlier doors, as we mentioned in the Villain News. Uh, then uh, Buendia got hooked. Not really surprised there. Dendonka basically slipped in, and McGinn went further forward. They brought on Andre Au. But this is where they messed up, didn't they? Because then they got an injury and they were suddenly, they didn't have any yeah, subs about five to replace to it. They'd, they'd, yeah, they'd used their little three, they'd used the three windows, hadn't they? Yeah. So we just limped off. And you kind of thought, hang on a minute, are they? You kind of everyone's sort of scratching their head a little bit. And then he goes, oh crap, they're down to 10 men. They're definitely not going to go for it now. Yeah. And uh, as the game was kind of petering out, Villa just decided to step on the gas one more time. And it's a beautiful one of the best goal goals, goal best goals this season, if not the best. 
terms of team one goals. Of the best, one of the one of the better team goals. Yeah, I mean it's a really great little ball. The channel Troy does really well. Spins quickly, lays it off to Watkins. It just opens up, and you think he's probably going to hit this. Yeah. Doesn't slips in Ramsey, doesn't he? Who sort of pulls the defenders to one side, pulls it back to Watkins, who has a great first touch. Maybe gets a little skips bit lucky. Skips past the defender, doesn't he? With skips the past the defender, and then when he gets to him, it's, you, you sort of saw a, a deft finish that we haven't. I think even he said it himself, didn't he, after the game that that's not the kind of finish I would have done a couple of months ago. Yeah. Just a dinky little dinky chip over the goalie, who I felt I actually felt sorry for because he had absolutely fuck all to do all game other than picking the ball out of his net twice. Yeah, and I think he's he's basically learnt from the school of Truere finishing there, hasn't he? Yeah. They need to bang <laughs> just it. The bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum efficiency. As long as it's over the line, has enough energy to get over the line. That's all you need to do. And he, he took a yellow for uh, taking his shirt off. I was going to say, he really enjoyed his celebration. Yeah. I went, oh, that's, that's not Ollie he'd Watkins. He had my, a difficult game, hadn't he, yeah. actually, I think. The mild-mannered Ollie Watkins rips his shirt off, hulks up and knee slides <laughs> and just gives it to everyone. Good lad. He's on, I mean, he's on a great run, isn't he, now? You, I think everybody in the league sort of taking note now. Yeah, it's uh, it's blatantly obvious now. The, and he's shown uh, an array of finishing that perhaps we haven't really realised in him. You know, the hat-trick I remember against Liverpool, uh, you know, they were like, wham, bang, thank you, ma'am, finishes. So. That was left foot, right foot header, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but these recently, I mean, they've been kind of classy finishes. I mean, the one at Leicester in midweek, they slide it past the goalkeeper, the little chip over Navas against Forrest, I think, of the one about, you know, against the uh, the Arsenal one, gets it out of his feet, shifts it onto his left foot, smashes it in the bottom corner. These are really great strikers' goals. That's what you want to see from him. Yeah, right. So there's not much really more to say about this game. I mean, it was one of those games where it's all about the three points, and that was nine points in a in a week. Professionally done job. You know, it's minimum fuss. Controlled the game for long periods. I think if you were in the away end, you'd be getting worried now because they they play like a t- they play like a team that are going down. And their fixture list. You know, the next few games they got United, Liverpool. They're they're dead man walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just what what a whole nine points is in a week. I mean, take it back, and you just beat Chelsea, and you were going, oh, you know, fighting out with Chelsea. You're you're now eight points clear of Chelsea in the same number of games played. Yeah, and I think we've shaken off uh, Chelsea there. We'll we'll do a an after hours show for uh, my old men said members about the, uh, the fixtures and the relative difficulty of pretty much all our competitors' run-ins and how they compare with Villa. But you're going to look at Chelsea, and you're thinking. Eight points ahead, and when you look at the uh, the points per game of their remaining opponents, uh, how much points per game the op- opponents have earned, and this is a way of establishing how difficult your running is. Aston Villa and Chelsea have actually got the hardest run run-ins of their playing teams with the average of one point seven one points per game. So while Villa's and Chelsea's are the hardest, the fact is that Chelsea, I can't see them pulling back eight points on us with only eight games to go. If they've got a difficult fixture list, they're just going to get pummeled. I think not thrashed, but you know, beaten enough. I mean, Wolves are beating them, so which I which wasn't even a surprise. I had a feeling that Wolves probably would win yeah. that game. I think Wolves needed the win more than Chelsea and Fulham. Eight points without Mitrovic. They got a game in hand, but they they look like they're going to be cannon fodder now for uh, a few teams. Brentford four points above them. They've got a reasonably uh, tough running so uh fortunately we have to play them i mean to go to brentford and get a win would be huge yeah that's, that's a tough game actually i think the next two are massive brentford at home is like 1.8 points per game so it's, it's literally our next four fixtures three of them in the calculation of ppg points per game three of them are our hardest three games 
I think Newcastle, their away PPG is something like 1.8 as well. So they're formidable away from home. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Then you've got Brentford at home are tough. And then we're away at Manchester United, Manchester United at home are 2.4 points per game at home. So that's the most difficult. And I think Liverpool away as well is another tough one. So Newcastle, Brentford and United are three of the four hardest games we've got left. So I think we'll know a lot by the end of this month. I think so. We'll be on the final so. furlong and we'll see who who the runners and riders are really. I think so, yeah. And even like you, you you look at the opposition. I think the the bottom of the table is just starting to take shape now, isn't it? Yeah, but sort of South we Alex don't give a fuck about that, there. Chris Bud. So let's move on to <laughs> medium muppets. Hell no, we don't. Right, what's in the uh, the medium muppet trough this week, Mister? What's his name? Shaw, Mister Shaw. <laughs> Well, it's the Daily Telegraph's arts and entertainment editor, Anita Singh, with a spectacularly uninformed tweet on Prince William after he was pictured at the Villa game. Yeah, I saw this. I, I, my first reaction is like, uh, she's she's made a joke here and there's suddenly a pile on and people have kind of been a bit too serious about this. And then you f- see some of her follow-up tweets and it's like, oh no, she actually, she's trying to rationalise what she said and you think, you should have just left it alone. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, the tweet itself said, Pretending to like football will never stop being funny. He's got to keep this up for the rest of his life. I mean, clearly she doesn't know the heir to the throne is as long-suffering a Villa fan as the rest of us. I mean, if you were pretending to like football, I don't think you would have picked Villa over the last decade, would you? Yeah, and we've actually seen, uh, you know, we've seen George at Villa Park before going apeshit, basically. <laughs> well, he was at Norwich away, wasn't he? The, yeah. Was the, yeah. The 5-1, the first... first. Uh, yeah, I remember putting up a video of him going absolutely uh, bionic. <laughs> he was like a yeah, good example it. to us all, actually. No, but you, you alluded to there that she actually doubled down on this. Yeah. So someone asked her, had she ever been to a football match before? And she said, I was at the Emirates with lots of families a few weeks ago. Brackets, a women's game. But he is not a natural football fan. The very posh just aren't. And then I'm thinking to myself, ah, you're at the Emirates, so I might go and stereotype you now instead of the way you're stereotyping him. I mean, it's condescending as well, if you can be condescending to the posh. I mean, there's plenty you can question about the monarchy, but Prince William using a rare day off to watch Villa and Forest seems to me that something that a natural fan, as she puts it, would do. And you've got to remember, this is... This is a supporter in, in in Prince William who, you know, he's been at, like, is it nil-nil against Sunderland, which was one of the most soul-sucking games ever. This is like going back before we were relegated. Well, he had to hand the, he had to hand the FA Cup to Arsenal, having yeah. watched us get 4-0. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking, this is a guy that's going to lessen his visits to Villa Park in the future. I mean, if you were going to justify that, just say to him, he was there at Norwich away. <laughs> But yeah, here he is. This I mean, is not a guy out for glory. A couple of weeks ago, when I went to Bodymore f- for a fan consultation meeting, he he was there, and uh, I saw him pull away. And obviously, he was on all of the socials of Villa, you know, promoting his visit. And I, you know, said to Villa, so you know, why was he here? What was the reason he was here? And and he just they just said, oh, he was actually in the area. He just wanted to pop in and say hello. So this like is that. this is somebody who's you know it's it's not one of these kind of Tom Hanks scenarios or whatever it's not empty posture and it's this is like somebody who's uh, in it in it for the the long haul and George is on the way as well and so Phil is going to be by royal appointment for a good few uh, decades now. Who would you rather he supported like Millwall? I think she's just punching. Yeah, yeah, yeah it kind of backfired, but. As I said, when she started to double down on it, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's chauvinistic that you, it's like woman says something about football, so everybody piles in. 
and it's a bit unnecessary. That's the first reaction. But when you see her comments doubling down, it's like, uh, you're kind of asking for this. Anyway, media nuggets, are there such a thing this week? Well, I went for the BBC for a change. They had a piece on their website from their writer, Herbie Sykes, and he did a very good job of framing... Sounds like a jazz man. (laughs) (laughs) He he did a very good job of framing the early 1990s golden years of Serie A uh, through the lens of the one-time most expensive player in the world, which was Gianluigi Lentini. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. You could go and you could say, right, I'll look at Serie A from the point of view of maybe Paul Gascoigne or Ronaldo, the the proper Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. Baggio, Brazil. Yeah, all these options, but the fact that he picked the fact that he picked Lentini, it's like he's he's got a clever symmetry with the way the the Italian league sort of like its prominence in the world has sort of followed his career. I mean, he had a breakthrough season for Torino, and then he got his big money move. I think the world record at the time I think was about just over thirteen million. He got it the AC Milan, and just from that, it was just downhill. I think he, he I always remember watching it in Channel Four Serie A and saying. Oh, Lentini, world's most expensive player. Still hasn't got that goal from Milan. I think it went over a season nearly, and he hadn't scored. So charting Lentini's rise and fall sort of just parallels Serie A being like the powerhouse after the 1990 World Cup to sort of where it is now, and it's just, you know, scraping around for money. Uh, yeah, it used to be the league that the top English players would, uh, you know, the likes of yeah. uh, Ray Wilkins and obviously Platt as well. Remember, they were absolutely dominant in Europe, Luther weren't they? Bliss like, it went all there. the competitions. All right, before we go off, I uh, just want to say a big thank you to all the My Old Man Said members for supporting the show, as always, and all the members who have signed up who live in America, especially as well. Big shout out to Across the Pond, and also to Mark Plant, Andy Stevenson, Ghazi Al Shavi, and a big thank you to uh, John McGovern. Didn't you used to play for Forest back in the day? <laughs> for signing up as uh, an annual member. If you sign up as an annual member, you get uh, 10% free, which is uh, just over a month. And what is the point of signing up as a member, you ask? Well, as well as supporting the show, you join our inner circle of Match Club, which, like Fight Club, the first rule of Match Club is we can't talk about Match Club. Second rule is we can't talk about Match Club. But there's other clubs within that club. I was speaking to somebody uh, the other day, and they said, maybe you should explain what uh, what else happens in Match Club. But as I said to him, the first two rules are we can't talk about it. That's the problem. But it is kind of the my men said hive mind where like-minded people also talk about other things we also have i will i will let out a few things we also have investo club where we talk about things like shares and crypto and different investment ideas we also have screen club where we talk about what we're watching and films and things on the horizon and insights etc there's also game club for people like phil shaw I don't know what goes in there. I hardly ever check it. Hopefully nothing <laughs> too unsavory. But the idea no. is it's not just talking about Villa, it's talking about everything and anything. And It's a nice little community. And the level of people in there, that's what makes it uh, interesting. But as well as access to the inner circle of Match Club, you also get ad-free versions of the show. So if you don't like ads and ads are wasting your time and annoying you, then you don't have to listen to them ever again. And plus, you also get extra shows. And when I finish speaking here, we'll be off to do an extra show based on looking at all the different teams who are in competition for European places, what their run-ins are, how they are weighted, and what we potentially think is going to happen, and who our main threats are, and what the potential spectrum of where we can finish actually is realistically. So uh, please do go to uh, myomensed.com and click on the members link if you want to join us and find out more details there and hopefully see you soon.
Thank you very much. Right. These guys don't want to go head to head in uh, Emery's clipboard. So we'll, let's put that on the back burner because I want a shorter show to edit because it's Easter and I, I'd love, love a break. There's been so many sh- shows in the first week of April due to the, the amount of fixtures that let's uh, put uh, Emery's clipboard on ice until the next episode. So with that said, any final words? Do you know what? Not for me. I think we've, what a week though. Just Let's just put the pedal to the gas now and go for it. Like Whatever happens, fucking I'm going to enjoy the next few weeks. Yeah, seize the day. It's interesting because when you're weighing up, you know, the strength of fixtures we've got left and the way, and, you know, with the way other teams will look at Villa and they'll look at, well, you know, this is how many points per game they've, they've got so far this season. There's two Villas. One is the whole season and the other one is since Emery. And since Emery is a different beast and it's, Apart from the top two, nobody's had a, a better season. I mean, since Emery took over November the 1st, now I think Newcastle have a game in hand. If they win that, then they're level on points. I think they probably have a better goal difference. But that's the level we're operating at. Basically, we are in Champions League form. So if that continues, then I think other teams have got a problem. We're playing the three teams immediately above us and the four teams immediately below us. So if we're playing like our form under Emery... I think we're going to be tough. And a, opportunity not. I'm kind of interested in if you're taking into account that is our form, you know, what is an expectation of results in those seven games? Also, we have a tough game at, at the Wolves as well, who just beat Chelsea. Mm. And we don't tend to do well there. No, exactly. So I'm not making light of that fixture. But I mean, we'll talk about this uh, elsewhere, and we have plenty of time, obviously, to play it. But I'm 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 looking ahead to Newcastle because I think that's a real humdinger of a tie. That's two teams who think they're the dogs bollocks now going head to head, and it's a big time to make a statement against them, especially after they slapped us four nil at their place. They're playing a different team now, even though it's the same personnel. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting there because you look at them on uh, look at their team on paper and you, you're not scared, but it's just the way they're they're just playing like us. They've they've been very functional. Yeah, they had their wobble after Christmas, yeah, where they were pretty poor after the World Cup. One win in eight or something. Then they've sort of turned the corner recently. They're in a, they're in a good run of form, but it's it's two of the form teams and yeah. It almost feels like a like a, a match back in the nineties. This one, where you know, got Villa and Newcastle both really punching. Yeah, well, they he always used to beat us. That's the, they were always a bit of a yeah. bogey team. Yeah, they, they were just better than us. This is the one. If we win that, then it's it's interesting, very interesting. And on yeah. that note, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.